And Brother Phipps, would you come and preach to us, please, sir? Thank you, brother. What an honor to be here today and to be with you. March the 23rd, 1775, Patrick Henry stood in front of the Bruton Parish Church. He said, it is vain, sir, to extenuate the matter. The gentleman may cry, peace, peace, but there is no peace. The war has already begun. Our brethren are already in the field. Why stand we here idle? The next gale from the north will bring to our ears the resounding clash of arms. What is it that the gentlemen seek? What is it that they wish? Is life so dear or peace so sweet as to be purchased at the price of chains and slavery? Forbid it, Almighty God. I know not what course others may take, but as for me, give me liberty or give me death. There is a just God that presides over the destinies of nations. Pat Buchanan in his book wrote, In half a lifetime, many Americans have seen their God dethroned, their values assaulted, their country invaded, and themselves demonized as bigots and extremists for holding on to beliefs that Americans have held for generations. Dr. Joe Wright went before the Kansas State Senate and a lady here in Florida confirmed that she was there when Dr. Wright gave this invocation. State senators walked out. And here's what the man of God said. He said, Our Heavenly Father, we come before you today to ask for your forgiveness. We know that your word says woe to those that call evil good, but that's exactly what we've done. We've exploited the poor and called it the lottery. We've rewarded laziness and called it welfare. We've killed our unborn and called it choice. We polluted the air with profanity and called it freedom of expression. We've ridiculed the time-honored values of our forefathers and called it enlightenment. Search our hearts today, O God, and cleanse us from every stain. Take your Bibles, if you will, today. Turn to the book of Lamentation. This was written 700 years before Christ. And Jeremiah, the weeping prophet, has something to say here. And I'm just going to read subjects and verbs primarily. He said, How doth the city sit solitary that was full of people? Two, she weepeth sore in the night. Three, Judah is gone into captivity. Four, the waves of Zion do mourn. Five, her adversaries are the chief. Six, her beauty is departed. Seven, Jerusalem remembered. Eight, Jerusalem hath grievously sinned. Nine, her filthiness is in her skirts. Ten, the adversary has spread out his hand. Eleven, all her people sigh. And Central Baptist Church in Ocala, Florida, is it nothing to you? all ye that pass by. I hope that the Lord will help us to be at our best for him today. I think as I 
approach towards my ninth decade now. I'm at the point in my life where I remember a lot of things that happened and some that didn't. We're, uh, <laughs> I, I'm getting to the point where uh, seemingly you're not so quite sure about everything. See, I came from a different culture. When I was growing up, grass was something we mowed. <laughs> Coke was something we drank. Aides were the people that worked in the principal's office. And coming out of the closet meant we'd been playing hide and go seek. Isn't it amazing what just a few decades will do? See, uh, I grew up under old-fashioned beliefs. My dad's first wife had died. My mother's first husband had died. They married, and I was born to their marriage. So I'm the baby of 17. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they, uh, well, you see, uh, my folks, and I'm proud of the Commonwealth state of Kentucky, but they, they were good people. My wife's from Tennessee, and I told her once, and I don't think she liked it. I said, there's not much difference between Kentuckians and Tennesseans. I said, Tennesseans are a little bit lower down. <laughs> now, I, I say this if you're from Tennessee. I'm just having a little fun. Tennesseans take an hour and a half to watch 60 Minutes. It's a, it's, a strange, it's a strange economy down there. There was a fellow that went squirrel hunting, came back and told his buddy, he said, you guess how many squirrels I've got in this bag? He said, I'll give you both of them. <laughs> it's a, I don't know, it's a, it's a different mentality, but I'm just having a little fun. Uh, a fellow that I knew, I said, my, we were poor people. He said, Andrew. He said, we were so poor at times. At night, Mom would just read the recipe. <laughs> said his brother couldn't hear and said he about starved to death. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm here today on a mission to try to be an encouragement to you. I believe that God has blessed America for at least three reasons. We've done more for the poor, the downtrodden than any other country in the world. When there's a tsunami, earthquake, flood, devastation, we're usually the first on the scene. Secondly, we've sent missionaries around the globe, brother school, a Sunday school teacher, with a message that Jesus saves. What a message it is. Amen. That one left the glory world. Man, I feel like preaching. Amen. Came to this earth, died, was buried, and is risen again. Somebody say hallelujah. I, uh, I, some of the churches I go to, and you don't, it's not a test of your spirituality whether you respond or not, but a lot of places are very, you know, a little bit more reserved. And I've even had some to tell me, they say, oh, Brother Andrew, we're reticent. That's a good word. Said timidity is a part of our, our persona. Said we just don't show our emotion, but somebody said they saw them at the ball game. <laughs> and they said that they squeezed the hot dog right out of the bun. 
Now, you know, formal language is good, but informal language may not be worse. For example, my wife and I will soon be approaching our 60th wedding anniversary. When we got married, the preacher said, this is for better or for worse. And Shirlene said, yeah, you couldn't have done better, and I doubt if I could have done worse. <laughs> anyway, uh, it's, a, it, it's a very strange thing where we are in time today. There is an attack upon our culture, and as I said, we've sent missionaries around the globe, and thirdly, we've been a friend to Israel. I'm glad that our previous president moved the embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. The Lord said, I didn't choose you because you were the greatest in number. He said, you were the fewest in number, but I chose you because I loved you. Did it ever occur to you that nothing ever occurs to God? God, as our friend taught on the mind of Christ today. It's so omniscient, so eternal, that if I had the oratory of Sophocles, if I could speak like one of the Greek orators, I'd fail in my ability to describe how wonderful God is. I'm glad that when we see Jesus, we're seeing God in the flesh. Man, he was man in the fact that he could eat, but God in the fact that he could feed 5,000. He was man in the fact that he could sleep, but God in the fact that he would come out of that sleep and rebuke the wind. Hallelujah. Boy, where'd that come from? Good. I want to join forces with him. He was man in the fact that he would die but God in the fact that he would come forth out of the grave, amen. victorious. Somebody ought to say amen right there. What a wonderful Savior we have. Dr. Adrian Rogers said, the time will come when there will be anarchy in the government, apostasy in the pulpits, and apathy in the pews. We are living in a very apathetic time. You could put the present federal government in charge of the Sahara Desert and it wouldn't be long there'd be a shortage of sand. That's right on point. This is a very strange time. We're seeing wokeism, cancel culture at its epitome. Schools trying to indoctrinate and tell our children what we stand for is not right. You know, like I said, I never drank anything in my life. I'm, I'm, I appreciate that. I never did. But uh, my mother's people were inclined the other way a little bit. They didn't put all their corn in the crib. <laughs> Brother Blue. <laughs> I love Brother Blue, I'm telling you. He's my kind of fellow. I'm telling you, but you couldn't get them drunk enough to believe in evolution. No, they didn't believe that a one-celled amoeba through a mutated process and a random selection ended up with what the scientists call a homo sapien. No, they didn't get that drunk. 
But yet we've indoctrinated and told people that the Word of God is immaterial, that it doesn't matter. I'm glad that in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. Amen. I believe that we have the right Bible, don't you? Charles Haddon Spurgeon said, charge God with error if you please. Tell him his book is not what it ought to be. Why? God wrote it. This book is divinely written. See, I'm not a Bible corrector. I'm just glad it corrected me. What would you think if I went over here to the English teacher and I said, Miss English teacher, Shakespeare is way too hard. We need to make it more modernized. There in Julius Caesar, where Cassius the conspirator looks at Brutus the nobleman and says, Me thinkest thou doest protest too much. Put it in a modern version. Just say, lighten up, dude. <laughs> She'd say, do you like to wear striped clothes? We've got, <laughs> we're calling somebody from the Mental Health Association. My point today is this, if we feel the lucidity and the transparency and the inerrancy of the Bible is right, let's stand for it. Amen? Amen. 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 We've got to have a foundation. The Bible here says Jerusalem remembered. It has grievously sinned. The people, the beauty has departed. Now, I, I know I don't have all day. It bothers me immensely to see what's happening in America. That seemingly we don't know how to respond. You know, Christianity can survive without America, but America can't survive without Christianity. Let me give you an example. I don't know how it strikes you, but it does me. We took a sports hero, and you can put the name with it, you know. We had his face on Wheaties, the breakfast of champions. And now we could put it on Fruit Loops. <laughs> you are right on point. <laughs> it's a strange thing. Like years ago when people learned to read, they learned through the New England Primer, the Basom Reader. In the letter A, Adams, in Adams fall we send all. C, Christ crucified for sinners died. Now we've changed the books to Heather has two mommies. Isn't it sad? Doing transgender transformation on little children. God help us. There's a day of reckoning coming. I, Brother Bloom, I'm telling you, there's going to come a day when Jesus Christ is going to rule this earth with a rod of iron. Amen. There won't be any Supreme Court justices then that don't know who a woman is. God only made two genders. That's right. Don't let anybody try to tell you anything differently. 
when de Tocqueville came here in 1820 from France, he said, I look for the strength of America. I wondered, would it be in her ports? Would it be in her agricultural productivity? Would it be in her infant industries? But he said, when I went out into the hamlets and the villages, and I saw pulpits aflame with preachers preaching on righteousness and judgment to come, he said, I knew America would be all right. He said, America is good, will be great because it's good. And if it ever ceases to be good, it'll cease to be great. Patrick Henry said this country wasn't founded by religionists, but upon the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. John Adams said it, the Constitution was only made for our religious and moral people. We've got a great legacy. When I think of men like, like Obadiah Holmes, I was able to go up in Connecticut and see where John Leland was put on trial and poor John Leland advised the president to be James Madison about making sure in the First Amendment of the Bill of Rights that we would protect freedom of religion. I can tell you with absolute certainty for it says Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof, nor shall freedom of the speech, press, petition, and assembly be denied. It was to keep the state out of the church business. Absolutely. You know, we've got a wonderful legacy. John Bunyan, there in England, there giving, was brought to trial. You know why? And I don't know how long it's going to be that we preachers survive. I think, you know, not long ago down in Texas, the lady mayor down there said she was going to, in other words, make sure that the preacher's notes and materials fit the politically correct agenda. And I said, Houston, we got a problem. We do have a problem. We that believe in the fundamentals of the faith are not we're not going to succumb to the state's mandates. We're going to stay for what the Bible says. Amen? Amen. John Bunyan. Judge Wingate was presiding. He said, uh, John Bunyan, why were you preaching without a license? He said, I was in a friend's home preaching. He said, you must be a fool to try to preach with no state accreditation. He said, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. He said, you've got a blind daughter at home. If you'll just recant and take away this foolishness of preaching, I'll let you go and that'll be it. John Bunyan said, I can't. He said, I have a mission from God. Judge Wingate said, I'll give you another opportunity to recant. He said, I can't. He said, okay. He said, I'm on to the next case. He said, ladies and gentlemen, I think we've heard the last of John Bunyan, but didn't know that John Bunyan would take a little charcoal from where his fire was and a piece of paper from milk jugs and write Pilgrim's Progress. That ought to make Baptist shout just a little bit. Amen. 
how that a man on the way to the celestial city met Mr. Worldly Wise Man, but he was going to a place, and that's where I'm going today. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together. Man, that ought to make us want to get out of our pews. Oh, listen here, folks. This is no time for depression. This is no time for division. This is no time for dysfunctional families. This is the time that Christian patriots, that's what the Revolutionary War was called. It was called the Preacher's Revolt, the Black Robe Brigade. Oh, listen, folks, we've got to do what is right. I kind of think, and I'll say this, and then I'm through. I kind of think of this man up in our neck of the woods. Uh, there's a store down at Indianapolis. You ladies will know. The men won't. That's right. The, the men have no idea. You ladies, I mean, the, the women wanted to go down to Nordstrom's. Now, you know, that's high class. That's a half a step up from Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> That one guy said he got his clothes at bargain bills. His wife told him, said, uh, you ought to be getting rid of some of those old clothes. He said, yeah, I ought to start with these I got on. But uh, anyway, his wife, ladies, the wife, went and got her an expensive dress. I think it was around $300. She came back and told her husband, and he said, oh, honey, <laughs> he said, our budget is tight. He said, we can't spend money that way. Well, he saw the joy just evaporate from her face. And he said, oh, babe, I, I, I goofed up. I, I shouldn't say anything. He said, I think I know what happened. He said, I think the devil made you buy that dress. <laughs> he said, from now on, if the devil tells you to buy an expensive dress like that, said, just tell him to get behind you. She said, I did. And he said, it looked good back there too. <laughs> I preached at a church over, I got to go to Bristol. That guy came around, Brother, Brother Bloom. He said, man, that was a warm sermon. I said, what do you mean by that, brother? He said, it wasn't too hot. Well, <laughs> Is it nothing to you, is it nothing to me, all that passed by a good brother, Dr. Clarence Serge, the sexton, just went to be with the Lord. Boy, you've got some wonderful preachers coming. Scott Caudill's a great friend of mine. He's been with us up at our church and so on. I've spoken a little bit for him. Dr. Joe, Wright, uh, Joe Arthur, other than being crazy. Uh, <laughs> Joe, obviously, has got some, something wrong. He got, he, <laughs> you know, oh, listen. Uh, he, he makes me nervous just giving me his schedule. Now, what I'm trying to say is that, you know, psychologically we have all of these, is it acronyms? I think that's a proper ADHN and all like that. They had one for me when I was growing up. It was called BAD. And, <laughs> and then, of course, Dr. Lou Ross and Brother Shelton Smith, 
But it was amazing to me that when we were growing up, it seemed like things were different. A fellow told me just recently, he said, everything in the modern home is run by switches except the kids. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if that's true or not, but some of you know what a switch is, don't you? Some of you had to go and get one. Now, a lot of you don't have any idea what we're talking about. But now that kind of stuff, it's in the Bible. It's, it's, it said it yieldeth the peaceable fruits of righteousness. They'd say, your parents would always say, this is hurting me worse than it is you. And I thought, well, why would you want to be so self-abusive? <laughs> you know, why would you want to inflict punishment on yourself? Mark Twain said this, in the beginning of a change, the patriot is a brave and scarce man, often hated and scorned. But when the, his cause succeeds, however, the timid join him, for then it costs nothing to be a patriot. Theodore Roosevelt, the 26th president, said, to educate a man in mind and not in morals is to educate a menace to society. Woodrow Wilson said our nation was born a Christian nation. Andrew Jackson said the Bible is the foundation upon which this republic rests. Gerald Ford said Christianity is a part of Americana. John Kennedy said our rights didn't come from the state generosity of the state. He said they came from the hand of God. I don't know about you. Let me close with this statement right here. I'm glad also, Brother Bloom, for the liberty we have in Christ. Amen. As the excellent Sunday school lesson today, it, it challenged me, Brother, Amen. to have that mind of Christ. I wonder sometimes if I think too much about this temporal. I was in Salt Lake City, Utah, at Bible Baptist Church, and I saw a sign, and I haven't gotten away from it yet. It said, why focus on the things you cannot keep rather than emphasize the things you cannot lose. I don't know if I'll ever get back this way or not. What a joy that you would allow somebody like me, just austere, simple background, to come and be a part of your service. But I come here today trying to brag on the Lord. I want to lift up His name Amen. and tell others of His goodness and His greatness. I'm glad that God commendeth His love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Amen. Are you a Christian today? Amen. I'm glad to say that yes to that. This world, as the old song says, is not my home. I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. The angels beckon me from heaven's open door. And I don't feel at home in this world anymore. Brother Pastor, let me ask you a question today. Brother Bloom likes to pray with the folks that come. I'm going to do something, Brother Bloom. Please don't get mad at me. But Brother Clarence Sexton, our deceased brother, showed me this. I wonder today, in this wonderful audience, how many of you ladies first would like to get a prayer partner, just ladies right now, and come and pray not only for America, but pray for Central Baptist Church. Pray for 
Brother Bloom and his wife and family. Pray for the staff here. Pray for lost loved ones. How many of you ladies wouldn't would mind to come to this altar right here? Two by two. How many of you ladies would do it real nice? Quickly, right now, you ladies, you want to have a prayer partner? You want to come and pray right here at this altar right now? We're asking you, look at all of this. People that are coming today all over the building. Ladies are coming today to pray. Oh, God, help us today. All of you ladies that want to come, don't let it intimidate you. These ladies are coming to pray. Doesn't mean that you can't pray where you are, but they're just coming forth. I want to ask another question. How many of you men would like to pray two by two? You're coming today and saying, I want to pray for revival in America. I want to pray that we'll have the strength in the days to come. How many of you men want to do that? Two by two, can you find you a prayer partner? Brother Bloom, I think it's wonderful when I see all the people that are coming today. God help us. Brother Bloom is right here. How many today that will tell us and say, I, I'm in need of a Savior. I'm not, I'm not a Christian. Is there one like that? Is there one in the building that's not saved and you'll say, I'd like to be a Christian? Anybody like that balcony or anywhere else? Anybody else? Brother Bloom, we'll let you extend the invitation as you see, as you see fit.